Hello, and welcome to ASMR Terrar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Please note that this episode is the conclusion of a story not recommended for the faint of heart or queasy stomachs. Today, we discover what Dr. Andrew Michaels does when he has lost everyone precious to him. I pulled myself back from the madness. I surveyed everything around me. My wife and daughter gone. My son's body blocking the door. How many minutes have I sat in this chair? My wife's favorite soft, easy chair. Staring at my son lying prostrate across the floor. His blood dry now. his body cold. How long have I sat here? I went into the bathroom, relieved myself and washed my face. I took a long look into the mirror, my hand sliding down my face from the towel around my eyes and I felt the familiar lump under my arm. I still have him. I still have my weapon. And it may not seem like much, but if I can find who did this, I can still bring them to justice. There were clues that this was not the end times predicted by many. My electricity was still on. The water still warm. It might be regional. It might be local. I might be able to see my way through this yet. This may not be hell. Just yet. So I took a sheet from the spare bedroom, covered my son, and I drug him over to the couch. It was quite an effort. He was so tall, so brave, so strong, lifting his muscular young body up onto the couch. Rolling him onto it was quite an effort. But I felt better that he could rest not lying on the floor like a shattered animal on the side of the road covered in my son's blood regardless of covering him with the sheet I made my way outside putting my coat on as I went it was a cold brisk evening 
It was silent. None of my neighbors were coming out. But there was someone walking down the street. Who was this skinny, scrawny man walking down the street? He was carrying a beach ball around his abdomen or something. What was I seeing? No. No. Not a beach ball. His hands were circling around a glowing globe around his abdomen. No. He came closer. His shirt had been torn off. Only shards of it remained, and as he grew closer, I realized what I was looking at. A man with a hole completely drilled through his abdomen. A hole into another dimension and place. It looked like a gigantic fishbowl inside his abdomen and a strange brown-grayish fish floating around in the murkiness, the interstellar medium. The material of this other dimension not quite mixing with ours. He approached me without fear and a smile on his face and said, It's time, brother. We must go to the gathering, the great gathering. We must set the hook, bring forth the thug, the thug. The thug, the thug, bring forth the thug. Obviously a reference to the fish that was luring his body, his follower, to his mission. I followed the man. My coat draped down over my body. It was good I put on a raincoat covering my lower abdomen. He only assumed in his righteous fervor that I was a follower like him. We walked for quite a while. The hole in his abdomen went completely through his body, his spinal cord, his skin, all gone, a perfectly drilled hole through his body. It looked like it was burnt slightly around the edges. Maybe it was coagulation of skin and blood. Maybe it was cauterized, burned, I couldn't tell. But it was holding him up, sustaining his body as he walked and marched into the woods and out the other side to where a barn awaited us. 
a barn on the old farm orchard where my housing development was built. These were the people who originally owned the land and sold it for housing. All that was left were a few peach trees, apple trees, and pear trees. They were still in a row, and the barn was ancient and huge. Ancient wood timbers built this barn. And the barn's face looked like the maw of an ancient demon beckoning us in. Two eyes and a mouth beckoning us in. There was a light shining from within the barn, flickering. And as we approached, my eyes met with a large bonfire inside the barn. The smoke billowing up through the rafters, the height of this great barn allowing the smoke to dissipate through the hayloft. Eventually the barn would be engulfed with the flames from the bonfire, but for right now, it was clear I had shown up just in time to see a most disgusting, evil ceremony being played out before my eyes. A leader took a pedestal and placed it near the doorway as I walked in. I walked to his right side, along with other followers that had arrived. They didn't seem concerned or worried about me. They all were in different states of dress. Some had holes showing in their stomachs. Some were covered like me, but they were all in attendance, all whipped up in a religious fervor, excited, heret heretical, evil. They cracked open their huge, massive, heavy Bible and started their incane chants. Now remember, this is their Bible, not a Christian Bible, not the Koran, and not the Torah. This was a more ancient book, a book of spells, divinations, allowing them to bring forth their God onto this earth. And the fire flared up as the man said the ancient chants, everybody raising their arms, their stomachs glowing, glowing brighter and brighter like the brightness of the fire, the brightness of the sun. I could see into the fire now. A portal was being opened. Their God was going to come forth through this fire. I felt a loss. To be honest, I didn't know what to do. Their leader stood before me in plain English, began to talk to his followers. 
Now remember, my children, he said. As he comes through, we must set the hook. And he lifted up a rope with a hook on the end. Pass this through your bodies. Pass this through your bodies, my children. And you, he pointed to me, hook the other end to my truck outside. And we will pull our God into this world once we set the bait and the hook in his mouth. We will pull the behemoth from his world into ours to destroy all lie before him. Look upon the behemoth, my children. Look upon his mouth. Realize he is our God. I turned as I walked out the door of the barn, my mind reeling from the horrors I saw to see the creature posing a giant gloppy, slimy gray worm, fins, and the shape of a worm, and a fish. A worm and a fish. What am I looking at? Am I seeing what I want to see? I closed my eyes and lowered my head. I cleared my thoughts. What am I seeing? A mouthful of worms fish infected with no look at it again my eyes pulled back up to the fire my vision now clear the horror of what I looked upon finally striking my mind and I dare tell you the truth of what I saw there the creature was huge, the size of a Zeppelin, an ancient Hindenburg airship, the body of a gray fish with fins and a tail sweeping back and forth slowly, navigating its way through the ethereal plane it existed upon, the murky chemicals that bathed its body. And its mouth began to open wide as the first part of the hook with a human body at the end baited on it started to approach the fire. Its mouth opened up no teeth, no fangs, no fangs, no teeth, but legs. I thought they were worms, but they were the legs Leviathan's mouth was lined with the legs of those it had crushed in its jaws before. Legs up and down, up and down, squashing down upon its palate, crushing all that entered its mouth, crushing you, stepping upon you a crowd of evil, you, 
absorbing your body into its tongue, into its palate, into its lips. You become part of it. The march of the damned inside its mouth. I know it's hard to imagine something this hideous, this frightening, how big it was, how massive. And they wanted me to pull it with the truck. And then I looked as I attached the rope to the tailgate, to the bumper. There was a hook, there, the, the, the hitch. That's right. And my mind said, they want me to pull this fish into our world. I ran around the side of the truck and opened the door, reached down with my right hand and felt for the keys. They left the keys in the truck. The first two people had dove into the fire, their bodies floating now through the dimension the creature's mouth wide open now, their bodies floating towards it. The bait, the bait, the hook was going to be set soon. I went back inside and the leader was now chanting again as his followers, their bodies all with the holes filled with a rope, now sliding one after the other into the fire. Do I cut the rope? No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, it's gone too far. This creature is so slow moving. A cat's bag. The creature floating. In this plane of existence. The thick air around it. There's another way. I took a chance on my decision as I looked upon the floating, blobbing balloon upon me, my eyes, and I reached inside my coat and pulled out my small revolver. I walked straight up to the leader as he was chanting. I looked him right in the eyes. He said, soon, brother, soon, soon our God will come to us, our God, the thug and our eyes met, and I put my gun to his forehead, and I killed him with one shot. The horror on his face, I was glad to see he felt some of what I did earlier today as he fell limp, crumbling to the ground. The other followers who were not used as bait, all looked at me. And I said, you know, you guys are good at these incantations and spells, but you people are horrible, lousy at taking attendance. One of his devoted followers grabbed the huge Bible book up in their arms to protect it from me. She was a small, frail, female, and the book was very heavy in her arms. I raised my right leg, and I pushed her backwards towards the fire. 
She stumbled and fell, the Bible falling right on top of her head. As she crumbled into the fire, sparks and wood sheared up into the air, engulfing the book, engulfing her, the other people all screaming. This was my last chance. I dealt with their book as they all jumped in to try to pull it out. They were distracted. I ran. I jumped inside the truck. The fire was not affecting the rope. So I thought maybe this creature isn't being affected by certain things. I looked through the rearview mirror and saw that the hook was indeed set. The creature's mouth now closed. The followers all evaporating and falling loose from the rope. The rope growing tight and taut. The creature absorbing their bodies, ballooning back. The tautness on the rope, it did tighten, but the creature had no mass. I fired the truck up. I put it into gear. I floored the truck with all my might. I floored that truck and I tore out, spinning my wheels in the dirt. Rocks flying. Ten miles an hour, twenty, thirty, forty, quickly getting, shifting gears, getting it up to fifty, the creature being towed behind me, and then I knew what I had to do. At the end of a drive, a huge oak tree. That was my target. The creature being towed behind me like a big, giant helium balloon started to come down, level with the road. As close as I could, I swerved past the oak tree, pulling the creature along, 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 and then it struck. The explosion. This creature's tail going completely through its own head. burst. It popped like a gigantic, overbloated zit on either side of the tree. Blood and fluids squishing out of every orifice. I turned that god and his wonderful followers inside out. I could see in the distance the barn, finally engulfed by the bonfire, the incantations no longer holding the flames back from burning the rafters, the followers' cries and yells draining and drowning out with the crack of the fire. The teeth, the claws, the fangs of the creature, the legs of the creature, slowly slipping into the ground, things returning back to where they belong. I got out of the truck and walked behind and undid the rope. So much for your God. 
so much for your end times. I drove through the streets back to my neighborhood and I saw something I thought I would never see. My neighbor leaving his home for work. It was morning now and the sun was coming up higher in the sky. He got in his truck and he waved to me as he drove by. My mouth wide open, hope beyond hope, I pulled the truck into my own drive and jumped out. I ran up and my door was locked. I didn't leave it locked. Could it be? Oh, praise God, could it be? And I undid the lock and I walked in. My little dog, Buster, waiting for me, jumping up on me, wanting to be petted. My eyes, from the dog, up to that easy chair, noticing in that split second no marks on the floor where I drug my son, and there she was, my wife. My wife sitting in her nightgown, griping about me making too much noise getting home late from my night shift at work, drinking her coffee, my son sleeping on the couch saying, can't you people be quiet, and my daughter walking by saying she needs money for shopping. Am I still sitting in that living room, staring at my son across the way, or is this reality I pinched myself? I poked myself with a fork. My daughter asking, are you going to give me those pancakes, or are you just going to keep playing with that fork? All right. I handed her the plate. A napkin and the fork and I ran my hand over to the top of her head and said I love you even though you are a turkey and I kissed her on the forehead as any father would somehow time and events had been reversed I looked out to see the truck that brought me here was now gone. Did I completely reset the timeline? Is it set anew or is it possible that it can repeat? Now that I know the location of the cult, I must put together a team of operatives and ferret them out make sure that their fire is either extinguished or that we extinguish them before it's too late. I know some of these things seem far-fetched and strange, and even as I tell you my memories of that event of the night, the night I went fishing on Halloween, they begin to fade from my memory 
That's why I put them down sometimes in my dictation machine so that I can play them back and remember some of the things I've forgotten. It's impossible for the human mind to remember everything all at once. It's, it's hard for us to retain our memories. But I assure you, all those days in the summer, in the heat and the mosquitoes and the flies, cutting and poking my fingers with those little tiny hooks as we tried to set our worms out into the lake and catch our sunfish and our crappies so we could have a fish fry that night. All that training as a fisherman. Those skills finally paid off. And this Halloween, the world's just a little bit safer. A little bit. Until next time, my children. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Cuello. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardojeo at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.